You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Today, my very special guest is New York Times bestselling author, uh, critically acclaimed author, I should say, definitely the author of multiple, multiple books, and we're always excited about her thrillers that are coming out. So we've got Alex Kava on the line today, so we're excited to hear about Alex's latest book, Reckless Creed. So we want to find out what's going on with uh, Maggie O'Dell and uh, Creed and obviously uh, the puppy dogs and everything and the uh, rescues and everything that goes on in all these wonderful uh, books. So we're excited to have Alex on board, and we're going to come back and talk to her about the latest book and also talk to her about her writing. So everybody, just hang tight. Uh, You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Are you confused by the overwhelming number of supplements for your dog? Developed by a veterinarian, Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver is designed to address many of the common problems your dog faces today, including allergies, inflammatory diseases, arthritis, hip dysplasia, geriatric problems, and more. Restore and maintain your dog's health with Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver. Order two bottles today and receive 20% off plus free shipping. Visit Canine System SystemSaver.com. To get this special offer, enter coupon code RS20 at checkout. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And join us today is author extraordinaire, New York Times bestselling author, Alex Cava. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you on board, and uh, you know, obviously, the critically claim you have on all your books and the, the wonderful writing. And how many books are you up to now? I always like to try to keep count. Well, Reckless Creed was number sixteen. My goodness! My goodness! So I have to ask Ralph. Yeah, I bet. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about your writing, writing styles uh, a little bit later in the show. But I want to jump right into the latest book, Reckless Creed, a writer creed novel. Tell us a little bit about it, the concept of the book, and without giving away the uh, all the thrilling parts, how's it come about, and what are some of the unique angles you took in this book? Reckless Creed is actually the third book in the writer creed series, and I and I like to write each book as an individual book so that readers can pick them up and enjoy them sort of as a standalone. They don't need to necessarily read the others. But Ryder Creed is kind of a special character. He's a former Marine, a canine handler, and he's come back and he's created a business where he trains set detection dogs. And he's very different in that he takes abandoned dogs. I like to say he takes abandoned dogs and turns them into heroes. And oftentimes he will take uh, not just shelter dogs, but dogs that have been abandoned like at the end of his long driveway. He has a training facility in the panhandle of Florida and a long, long driveway where people know that he will take in their dogs. So it's a combination of dogs. It's not necessarily just the German Shepherds, the Belgian Shepherds that are usually used to train as set detection dogs. So he has a a whole different combination. And Reckless Creed, he and the dogs are actually asked to help find a killer who's using a deadly virus and is sending out virus carriers, which is 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 a very, very different task 
for working dogs, and it was it was a lot of fun to be able to use that. So when you're putting together then the uh, the book, the angles with the dogs, I mean, when you first started this series, how did that part come about? Did you feel that, okay, I need a dog in here to sort of round this out, or was it something that you felt the character itself had a – that fit into the background of where the character came from and uh, the character's history? But, you know, I've been writing the Maggie O'Dell series. I have like 11 in that series. And in the number 11, it's called Stranded. I finally had the opportunity to introduce a canine handler in that one. They were, Maggie was going to be searching, and, and Maggie, by the way, is an FBI profiler. And they, she and her partner were searching for bodies of a suspected serial killer. And it gave me the opportunity to bring in a, a cadaver dog. And I created this character, Ryder Creed, and his favorite cadaver dog, Grace. Grace is this uh, scrappy little Jack Russell Terrier, who I think she's become like my favorite character in all my books. But I'd always wanted to do a cadaver dog, a scent detection dog, and I finally had the opportunity to do that and stranded. And I just loved, I loved Ryder Creed so much. I loved his character. I finally felt like I had created this kindred soul. Both of us, you know, would be so happy to just live completely in the, in the company of dogs. And Grace, when I developed Grace too, it just is like the pair of them were so perfect. I just thought, I am so not finished with these two. I, I want to continue and I want to create a whole series of their own. And I was able to to convince my agent and a publishing house to do that. And we brought Maggie O'Dell in for the ride because Creed is not law enforcement. And so I wanted somebody who could handle like the investigation part of the story and kind of unwrap the puzzle pieces. And it's worked out really, really well, I think. I've been writing the Maggie O'Dell series. Like I said, I have 11 in that in that series. And it's I don't have any kind of a law enforcement background either. So it's been a lot of research. It's been a lot of talking to experts and really figuring out things as I go along. But I love dogs since I was old enough to, to crawl and to start pestering them. So I finally feel like I'm writing a series about something that I know and love. And I, and I love the other stuff. Maggie is not finished, and that series will continue. But I've just been having a really great time writing this, this new series with Creed and, and all the dogs. Now, we have to ask, you brought it up, and we knew, we just knew that you had a love affair with our uh, furry canines. So, <laughs> yes, yes. So, so tell us a little bit about your menagerie before we move on. Well, I have, I have four Westies, and they're all different ages. Two of them are rescues, and then the two little ones I've, I've come, come about uh, as, have gotten them as puppies. But Duncan is the oldest, and then there's Boomer and Maggie and, um, and Carcass the Baby. And then, fortunately, you might actually hear them barking in the background here. <laughs> We're <laughs> used to that. We're used to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Well, Westies are so much fun, and I love all dogs. I mean, I would, I have to put a limit. I've had as many as six in my pack at one time. Because a lot of times dogs come into your life, you don't plan on it, right? I mean, you, there's dogs that need to be rescued and need to be taken care of. So I've had as many as six dogs at one time. Actually, now that I think about it, I've had seven for a little bit. But they're just, they're so much fun. And, and one of the things that I'm finding out with this new series is how much I don't know about dogs and how amazing they truly are. Their set capabilities are, you know, it's it's pretty cool, just the stuff that I'm learning. You know, dogs have, for instance, dogs have like 300 million scent receptors, whereas we only have like 5 million. And it's just, it's 
some of the things that they're capable of doing. Of course, I'm convinced that mine don't know how to do any of that because I can't even get them to come when I say come. <laughs> it's fun. I, I can't imagine. I've always had dogs in my life, lost a lot of them. In fact, I lost a couple of years ago, I lost my 16-year-old who had actually sat beside me for every single book that I had written up to that point and literally sat beside me in the recliner. So it's it's always sad when you lose one, but there's so many dogs, there's so many dogs to, to have. So I continue to just accumulate dogs. There you go. And I'm sure you're, uh, I'm sure you feel her presence around you every time you sit down and write now. I'm sure she's been your constant muse even afterwards. Yeah, his presence presence. Actually, it's funny that you say it's funny because he was named Scout after Scout Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird, but I never ever told him that he was named after a girl, because even though I think he would have been able to handle it, but um, (laughs) yeah, so it's funny that you, yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more with Alex Cava about uh, the book, her latest book, Reckless Creed. Also, I want to talk about the writing styles and processes. So everybody just hang tight. You're listening to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm a U.S. Air Force member stationed overseas, and we have three rescued mutts. Stone Phillips was to be euthanized. There were bacteria crawling all over his skin. They called it elephant skin. It was rough, wrinkly, like a Brillo pad. He was in constant misery. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We started feeding him the Dynavite, and his skin, it's a 180 turnaround. His skin has cleared up. He's not in pain. Stone is in excellent shape today. He runs, stays slim and trim, and follows my husband around like he worships him. I would highly encourage you to get a rescue dog and start him out on Dynavite right from the beginning, and they'll make such a difference in your life. Call 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Or go to Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Tim Link, and we've had the pleasure of talking to New York Times bestselling author Alex Cava about her uh, latest book, Reckless Creed. Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier, Alex, that you've got the Reckless Creed sort of the uh, writer creed novel series and then you got the uh, maggie 
Odell series going on, and you're going to be writing both of them. How do you sort of juggle those two? I mean, uh, you know, are there some unique angles you look at, or is it more based on, okay, the editors want me to have this one done by June, so I'm going to do that one first. How's your whole process of keeping all that uh, up in the air and juggling at the same time? Well, it is a little bit like you just said, whatever the deadline is next for whichever book. But it is a little bit easier to write the two of them because they are so much different. I think they're different. The Writer Creed series oftentimes is, it's interesting, the suspense often builds from things that, different things, not necessarily, well, let me give you an example. Maggie Odell is is usually chasing a killer. In the Writer Creed novels, the suspense oftentimes and the conflict oftentimes comes from what might hurt the dogs or risk, put risk to the dogs. For instance, in, in Silent Creed, he was asked to go help search and rescue after a mudslide in North Carolina. Well, there were all kinds of risks and conflicts that came from that, the debris that's in the mudslide, the flooding, anything and everything that could possibly hurt the dogs. In Breaking Creed, I used spiders and snakes and scorpions and, and how they could possibly hurt the dogs. And So the risk level and the threats are so much different from book to book. So it helps in having them so different to be able to sit down and, and write them. But fortunately, I haven't had to write two at the same time. I can take a break and write the one and finish it and then go on to the next next one. So it may be a little bit more complicated if I actually had to write two of them at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So I can imagine you're trying to, to uh, keep everything in track. But also with the series you mentioned a little bit earlier, try to make it a standalone. So I know that you have to know the character well because the character, main character is going to reappear over and over. But are you able to sort of start from scratch or do you still have to go back through the last book that you did and reread it to make sure you've covered everything moving forward? Well, that's a very good point. It is really tricky to write a series because – you have readers who are coming with you every book of the way. And so you don't want to get bogged down in all of the details from the last book or a lot of description about the character that they already know. So every single book when I sit down to write it, that is a huge challenge to know how much to offer in that book about the character's background and his relationships or her relationships with each other and other people and and to, to really make it new and fresh each time so that readers who are coming back to the series over and over again are not bored by that. And I have to tell you, that's probably one of the biggest challenges that I find in writing a series is how to do that and not and, and be able to bring in new readers but not bore your regular readers to death. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, in those uh, regular readers, obviously they're big fans. They want to come back and they want to know what's going on. I imagine that they put you to the test every so often <laughs> about maybe. They do. You s- and they, yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're right. And they remember things about characters that you yourself don't remember. And they will, they will catch it and they will tell you. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. No, it keeps you honest and keeps you aware of what you've got going on. But I always find it fascinating when you're talking about writing for a series or multiple series is uh, how they uh, keep all the past things in place, all the characters in place, but yet keep it fresh and new. And then you're doing multiples at one time is uh, definitely can lead to a challenge. It was a little bit harder with my Maggie O'Dell series because when I wrote the very first book, I never intended to write a series. I didn't read series. I had no idea how to even write a series. And all of a sudden, my publisher came back and said, you know, we really think we have a commodity here with Maggie O'Dell. We want you to write the next book in the series. And I was like, I 
didn't have any idea how to do that. I even handed in an entirely different book for the second book, and they said that they wouldn't accept that one. You know, I was two-thirds of the way finished with that one, and they said, no, we really need a second Maggie O'Dell. So I, I you know, pulled up my bootstraps, and I did that, and then they came back and said, well, we need a third one, and then we need a fourth one. And it's sort of like, so I learned how to write a series, writing Maggie O'Dell literally by the seat of my pants. And I always think that maybe it was a good thing because I got to know her alongside my readers. And so I learned a lot of things, and it kind of kept that series fresh. That's probably why that series has lasted so long and, and why why I've got so much more to learn about her and to go forward. Now, with, with Writer Creed, it's a little bit different because I know this guy. I kind of have a vision for not just the next book, but the next book and the next book. And with the dogs being able to do so many different things with set detection, I will never run out of ideas of, of storylines for them. So the Maggie O'Dell series kind of came about with me kind of yanking it and out of myself. And fortunately, the readers were, you know, came along for the ride. And now with the Writer Creed series, it just feels like this is so much something that I know how to do. It's been quite the journey, that's for sure. There you go. Well, let's talk about your writing style. Are you a uh, writer that is dedicated to get up at 5 a.m. every morning and write 5,000 words? Or are you one that, oh, shoot, I've got uh, two months or two weeks to finish the deadline. I better get cracking on this thing or somewhere in between. Probably somewhere in between. I've I've never written every single day. And it's it's one of those things that, that I simply don't think I have the luxury to do that because there's so many other things, as you know, that you have to do to, to be a writer in the business of writing. But I also, it takes me longer to get into character and to get into the background. It's not like I can just do a couple of hours a day or crank out 100 pages. So I like to do what I've come to call my writing marathons. And I will try and take like a week where I just, family and friends know they're not going to see me. The only thing I'm going to do every day is write and feed the dogs. And that's what I do for a week at a time. And if I can go somewhere else to do that, that's fine. Otherwise, I'm on my porch, my screened-in porch, or in my writing room doing it. But I've never been a a write-every-day kind of writer. It's always fascinating to me with authors and writers because you're right. I mean, when you mentioned there's don't have the luxury to be able to do just writing, there's a lot more that goes into being a published author than just writing the book and getting it edited and put on a shelf. It's all the marketing pieces afterwards and appearances and things you have to do. What kind of commitments does um, your publishing house uh, put on you when it comes to a book? Or do they sort of let you dictate where and when you're going to go? Or is it more of, okay, you're going to go three months on the road? Have fun. <laughs> well, I've, I've usually always done somewhat of a book tour. You know, that's always been kind of a given. I kind of recently have asked to maybe not do so much of a book tour and do more social media. So we're kind of experimenting with different things. And so far, my publisher has been very, very gracious about about accommodating that. But it, it does take, you know, it probably does take a couple of months a month before the book comes out and then the weeks that the month that the book is actually out where you are doing a lot of marketing stuff. You're doing a lot of interviews, a lot more social media. So, you know, that's two months out of the year that you can just kind of say that, uh, you know, you just cross off and just say nothing's going to get done. I always admire those authors who say that they can write while they're on the road because I am not one of those people. <laughs> I mean, if I'm in an airport, 
if I go to the airport, I am watching people. I am, you know, taking maybe taking down notes for future books. But yet, being at an airport is very distracting. Or being in, you know, a hotel room or or getting, you know, to the next. Even actually on the flight, I hate flying, so I pretty much have to be in the middle of a book reading in order to ignore the takeoff and take touchdowns. So forget about trying to write on the road. That just doesn't happen. So. Yes, that's right. For about two months out of the year, I don't get any writing done at all. That's right. So as, as an author, I'll have to ask you this. Uh, when you read, what do you read? What types of books do you read? Do you stay f- as far away from thrillers as possible, or is it good to see what some of your colleagues are writing about? I think it's always good to see what the competition is doing. Plus, I've come to know a lot of authors who are writing the same genre, and I love their books. I love reading the same genre. I do read a lot of nonfiction, a lot of research stuff, and I enjoy doing that. I I absolutely enjoy doing that. But most of the time, I am reading in this genre. And I think you're right. You know, it's good to see what others are writing, uh, you know, your competitors, those type of things. There's something to learn from every single one of them and how they go about approaching things and, and how they go about approaching characters. And I'm sure it's a learning experience from that as well. I think that's the best way to learn, to tell you the truth. In fact, it's, you know, people ask me what the number one piece of advice I, I give to writers. And, and one of the things that I tell them is to read. Just, you know, read everything that you possibly can get your hands on. Read what in the genre that you're writing. We can learn so much from that. And, you know, I always think it's sad when, when authors who have now become best-selling authors say, well, I just you know, now that I'm a best-selling author, I don't have time to read. And I, I think that's so sad because it's like that's the reason why so many of us wanted to be writers is because we love to read. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I would think that if you're not expanding yourself, you know, reading research books, reading uh, nonfiction, I write nonfiction for the most part. And, you know, that I think would be critical to someone who's writing a fiction book. But also p- pulling those ideas from your colleagues has got to be just as uh, just as important to, to uh, expand yourself because I would think after a while you're going to get pretty stagnant if you're not coming up with some new creative ideas. And why not do that uh, from the experience of other authors? Absolutely. You do learn things. You learn different techniques. You, and you might, a lot of times you learn stuff from really awful books that you read, too. You know, you can figure out how you would have made it better, you know. But I think that that's one of the, one of the best ways to learn, because writing is one of those things that's so subjective, especially if you're writing fiction. You know, you have to create a voice for yourself, number one. But you really need to figure out techniques and, and styles that really kind of you know, lend themselves to, or else it's it's not something that readers are going to want to read. That's right. I agree with that. Well, that's fascinating. Well, Alex, uh, we're coming towards the end of the show today, but I'll leave you with one last thing I'll hit you up with. After everybody picks up a copy of Reckless Creed, and they read through it thoroughly, and they enjoy it so much and read it a second time, what do you hope they walk away with? What would be a key message, or what do you hope that uh, your readers walk away with? Gosh, that's a good question. Well, Reckless Creed is is sort of a scary scenario because it's something that I think could really happen as far as, you know, deadly viruses and and the threat to any one of us being contaminated or, or being vulnerable. I think one of the things that I walked away with is I couldn't believe how susceptible we are. You know, there's that old adage that a lot of these deaths are a plane flight away from contaminating the United States, and it's kind of scary. But I think, I think the message to maybe take away from it is 
fighting heroes in unexpected places. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. So everybody, make sure you pick up. Uh, you know, we'll ask Alex real quick. You uh, mentioned social media. Where can people find out more about you? What's going on with you? The book obviously is available nationwide. So give us an idea of where we can keep track of all your wonderful activities. Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Alex Cava on Facebook, and also I have a website at alexcava.com. And usually one of those two places, you can certainly find out what's going on. Very good. All right, so everybody go out and pick up a copy of uh, Reckless Creed, a writer creed novel by Alex Cava. And we'll uh, post uh, the website and definitely follow her on Facebook as well. Alex, a great job. Congratulations on the latest novel. And uh, we'll look forward to circling back with you the next time you uh, get the next one out there. Oh, thanks, Tim. I really appreciate it. It was fun talking to you. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show today, but I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank our uh, sponsors, producers, for making this show possible. I really, really appreciate it. If you have any questions for me, ideas, or comments for the show, you can email me. Email me at tim at petliferadio.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions, uh, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life, put it in a blog, an article, or in a book, and who knows, you may be the next guest, Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Everybody have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.